Welcome back to Get With The Programming. I'm Chase Ingram. I'm Captain America. And along with me is Bill Grundler. Wolverine. And we're here. I'm so excited. We made it, dude. We made it. I'm so excited. I'm so nervous. Are you? I am nervous because everyone else is so excited about it, so I don't want to let you down. <laughs> no, we can't let them down. Well, the, the cool thing is, is there's no letdown because it was already set. We just have to talk about, like, talking about the pieces and... I don't know. I, I do that. This whole reading, this whole thing, and I started telling you about it earlier was it was super nostalgic to me. Yes. I mean, because I remember the switch that I had when I decided that, like, I mean, you know, I got to look back into this CrossFit thing. I got to see what this thing's all about because mm. I am bored off my ass with what I'm doing. <laughs> and it was these particular points and these particular things that, that Glassman put out that made me just go, dude, like light bulb, mm -hmm. ready. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Good morning, everyone. So excited you guys are here with us. We are going to go through our first CrossFit Journal book club. We're starting with the Glassman Chipper. It Have is you ever a, been to a book club before. Do you know how to do it? Because I don't really know how to do it. I have no idea I'm how to do reader. it. Not a reader. Zero. I'm not a reader. <laughs> I, I heard that people just drink all the time when they go to book club. So I don't really know exactly yeah. how it's supposed to work. So I don't know how to do this. I just. Um, I've highlighted some things that I basically what I did when I was studying for the level three. I was like, this looks like something I should remember. And as we go through these articles is we'll stumble across, say, phrases or, you know, keywords where we want to talk about what they mean and how they pertain to what we do as coaches, athletes, affiliate owners, um, and just really just get back to the grassroots of where it all began and so what we're going to do is we're going to do, do our best to hit one of these once a week. We're following the Glassman Chipper. Now, all of this is on the CrossFit Journal, and it's all for free. You guys can get free access to this wherever you want. If you're a Patreon follower, we're going to send you guys the PDFs prior to, as well as open up any discussions or questions you guys have there for the show itself. But we're going to post a link to the article we're going to work on the day before every week. So you guys don't have to look for this on your own. In fact, I'm going to drop in the chat here on YouTube right now. This is the Glassman Chipper article, which has all the articles in order of which we're going to go. So if you guys are following us on YouTube right now, hit that link and then it has everything there. So you can print it out now and we can go over it later. But we want to hit one of these on the weekly and you know, it's funny is that this goes along with a little bit of the, you know, the OG movement that we've really tried to foster the cult back yeah. into culture that we're really trying to foster. And once I got through this foundations article, which is the first one of the series, I was like, yep, this yeah, is totally. exactly what we've been trying to tell people about. Exactly. And it's funny where, you know, a lot of affiliate owners or when people are talking about CrossFit, when they you know, one of the things they say about CrossFitters is like, all you guys ever do is fucking talk about CrossFit all the time yeah. because we get excited about it in this, this foundation. Like the title is exactly that the foundation. This is our foundation for why we do all the stuff we do, the lifestyle of our activity, the reasons, the hows and the whys, like everyone will go to the gym and do exercises. But if you ask them why they're doing it, they have no idea. These are our whys and all of them. Like I remember reading them the first time and they sprung off the page at me. I'm like, yeah, I want mm -hmm. that. Yes. I want to be able to 
for that. Yes, I want to be able to do that. I mean, everyone wants to look good. I get it. But this is the that's the byproduct. These are all of the great things that come with what we do. And it's so rad. So rad. It is really cool. It. And one thing I felt after this, just reading the first article, which is called Foundations, which is I can't think of no better way to start was, exactly. you know, in this new gig I have with CrossFit and working with the affiliates, I think one of the big things that come up is affiliate owners will say, well, the brand of CrossFit doesn't mean as much as it used to. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, what you is CrossFit? The and slap them really fast. Yeah. And they're like, well, what is CrossFit yeah. doing to, to rebuild that? I'm like, CrossFit can do a better job of that. I agree. However, I feel like this is this vicious cycle is that people are getting away from the grassroots simplicity of CrossFit to begin with. They're trying to over-science it. They're trying to get all nuanced and cutting edge. And they took what is really just supposed to be a backyard barbecue, barbecue version of fitness and try to make it way too over-scienced. And, over, and, and, and in fact, to where they took this counterculture fitness program and are starting to make their way back to the one thing we try to run away with at the beginning. Totally. And when they say it's like, well, I think I'll de-affiliate or I don't see the value at, or I'm going to rebrand. I'm like, that's where we're losing our brand identity because of those gyms and those owners that think CrossFit is losing the luster. When in fact, they're trying to overdo it and overcomplicate something that was so simple to begin with. And so this is vicious cycle. It's like, yeah, it's getting watered down because there's too many of you guys out there watering this shit down or trying to like overthink something as simple as show up three to five times a week, work out for an hour, have the best time of your life, go drink with your buddies on the weekend, talk about too much CrossFit in the bar, and then swindle something into coming for your free Saturday workout two weeks from now. Totally. Hey, Bruce, I, I have to say that I, I did... I disagree with what you're saying. CrossFit is not doing a good job of pushing the methodology. Um, what I think is that affiliates have, and this is one of the things that this is one of the things that Glassman really was upset with. Like push the games, push the idea of we're trying to find the fittest. To where all of a sudden the games became uh, the CrossFit Games is not CrossFit the methodology. CrossFit Games is a sport trying to find the fittest athlete. But CrossFit, the methodology is how to make everyone that is a member of your gym, of your community, a more fit person based on our definitions and everything like that. So I think what people have done is they watch the athletic training camps, the Invictuses, the comp trains, the whatever is out there, the Misfit, whatever, which those camps are training athletes to compete at the CrossFit Games. They're not intended to make you a better, more fit individual. That's not the intent of those programs. So if everyone starts seeing all of those things, they miss the point of what we're trying to do. What I thought was the, and, and I, so my, my background is biology, anatomy, physiology. That was what I did in school. I love I did not know fact, that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I've known you for over a decade. I actually have a brain in his head. It's not just a big nose. <laughs> I'm not a dummy. <laughs> I'm not a dumb job. <laughs> um, but what I loved was when Glassman said, look, if you can do more work faster, 
you are going to get all of those other things, the VO2 maxes, the body composition, the body fat, the um, uh, the diabetes, the everything. The the If you're able to do more work faster, and that's, you know, with a constantly varied high-intensity move, functional movements done at high intensity and the, the zone diet, the 100 words and all that, if you do all that, all of those other things will happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what we forgot. It's like we're not trying to get everyone to place and podium at the games. We're trying to make humans that are going to last longer, a more uh, functional, independent life. That is what that's what it started with. And if yes. you look at the date where this thing came from, the games wasn't even thought of yet. Right. Other than the fact of the games in the nine o'clock class of everyone that, that Greg put up on the board. That, that mm-hmm. was it. So I don't think that we've lost the methodology. What we did is we forgot the foundations. We forgot what we're trying to do. Yes. It's not. I have scared people who don't want to do barbells, so let's bring in the pink kettlebells. Mm-hmm. That's not doing it. It's understanding these methodologies and then you know making it appropriate to the people that you're working with. Yeah. Um, There's... So you're right. I think we need to circle back around to that, our foundations, yeah. our grassroots, and go from there. Totally agree. And there's a couple lines in this article that fall in line exactly with what you're saying. And you guys need to remember when we're looking at CrossFit, we're looking at the training program, the methodology that was created 30 plus years ago. That's the whole point. And, you know, nothing was sadder to see when CrossFit put up and the games put up the uh, fitness in a hundred words and all these freaking Instagram dietitians and like <laughs> neuroscience physiologists we're coming in there like, well, these elite athletes and this and the sugar and you save fruit. I'm like, you're missing the point of the whole thing. This was to change the course of fitness training and methodology as a core strength and conditioning program. That was it. That's why it started. It wasn't to do the CrossFit games. It, like right. you said, it wasn't even a thing yet. And so what this article, which I love, is to bring everything back of why this thing started and how simple it can be, yet how life-changing and world-changing this whole program was designed to be. And it wasn't to create CrossFit Games athletes. It was a byproduct. A pretty cool one. Uh, uh, Vincent, but where is CrossFit pushing methodology? They're pushing methodology by posting a workout every single day, they are the foundations are or the the journal is on there. They have educational stuff that's on there. Yes, there have been times where it's gone in and out where it's like, okay, maybe the emphasis is on the games because everyone's talking about the games and all that kind of stuff and it's exciting. Um, but I I don't think that you, you can say that CrossFit isn't pushing the methodology. There just may be an emphasis based on the season that we're in. Um, you know, when there was all the hype around all the they had <laughs> Uh, Gertrude and and whoever the other old person I'm just giving like old oh. person names uh, on the couch and whatever <laughs> what they're trying to show even with that is, yeah as much as I didn't necessarily like that what it was showing was CrossFit is made for everyone because your body functions one way then even in this uh, in this article it says that that the training that you need doesn't differ by type. It differs by intensity. So your knees bend a certain way. Whether you've done that or not, or you have the strength to squat down all the way or not, isn't necessarily the issue. Your body's designed to do it. 
that way. Now you base the workout with your, you know, different intent or different um, uh, stimuluses and response that you're trying to get based on that. But I think that CrossFit does do that. Do they ram it down your throat? No, but they never did. They never did that. Okay. I want to piggyback off that. That's the whole point. CrossFit's job is not to push the methodology. It's to protect it. Yeah. It's to keep it in between the lines. That's CrossFit's job as a company. It's your freaking job to push it. It's your affiliate's job. It's your coach's job. It's your member's job. It's your job. Have some accountability for yourself. It's my job to push the methodology in my affiliate, which pushes it towards my members, which my members pushes it towards their friends. That's their job. That's my job. That's not CrossFit's job. CrossFit's job is to protect the methodology. That's it. And, ha and how, how, well, and I have my ideas of how they protect. If I was to say that the way that they protect it is they continually speak that same language. You know what? They, they, they offer up these, these things of information. And actually one of the things I think is really cool that they, that they finally did, just saw Austin put it out, um, the affiliate packet that they're putting all the, the content stuff out. kit. Like I want to see, I, I don't, I haven't even looked at it yet. I want to see awesome. what that stuff is because I think it's, I think that that's really, really cool. And we, that's what we've been asking for. That way we can use that because that is our stuff. But as far as protecting the brand, they need to not stray from the hundred words of fitness. That is what we do. The foundations right here that were, that were read in this first article that is what we do. You know, it's yeah. a no nonsense. Just shut the hell up. It doesn't have to be <laughs> some bright, shiny, whatever. It doesn't have to be, you know, this this complete boutique, whatever. It can be a homemade ring set up and some and some concrete and a bucket, and mm -hmm. you can get world class fitness. Yes. If you do these foundational type steps, which is in this article. All right. Let's go through the article team. Thanks so much for being here again. We're so pumped to do this. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through the article. We've got the PDF pulled up. I've highlighted some things that we'd want to create some conversations and, and some chatter with. So as long as you guys can see this, good. All right. So the foundations article. Fun fact, if you've ever taken your level one, this should look really familiar because this is the first chapter of your level one. <laughs> it's called foundations. And the big thing here is it really goes through what CrossFit, the training program, is its scope, its aim, and its effectiveness in its simplicity, right? And it says the one thing I highlighted here is the CrossFit program was developed to enhance an individual's competency at all physical tasks. And, you know, the 10 general physical skills, they're thrown up here so you guys can see that, right? We always have those. And the idea is that your fitness program for general physical preparedness, we're not talking about the CrossFit games, even though these all same apply, is supposed to be varied enough in all of these 10. That's why I highlighted the randomized because people get hung up on that one word. And, you know, if we were to update this article, we would put varied physical challenges because it's right. not random. It's varied, but it's dictated directly from that. Well, um, and I think like when, when this was written originally, the idea of random was that it was sporadically things were sporadically happening and that's i think if you're generally saying it that's what you would be saying once everyone said well that's impossible because now it's too varied then it was like okay that's not that wasn't really what we meant on that it's not yeah. random random is like a complete haphazardly whatever there's still an organization to it and if you guys take the level one when you guys do the um 
the programming element mm -hmm. talks about how to set those up. You can randomly pick the different movements, but you can have a, a, a plan of how you set up. And so you're able to hit all of the different method or all the different uh, modalities. So that's, a, that's, a, that's always a weird word in here, but this is an old article too. This is 20, 2002, isn't it? 2004, yeah, yeah. 2002. Uh, G Congle. Isn't that a podcast? Yes, it is. Pat Sherwood and Adrian Bosman have a podcast called Varied, Not Random. And it's wonderful. If you guys want to dive out and nerd into that as well, I love listening to those guys. Obviously, I have a lot of respect for both of them. Um, a big word in here, a phrase that you'll see a lot in this article is called neuroendocrine response. And a lot, it's a, that's a mouthful. And, you know, by definition, I just put it up here for you guys, but it's the system at which the mechanism by which the hypothalamus maintains homeostasis. Now, what this all means is this brain-to-body connection, right? Homeostasis, regulating reproduction, meta metabolism, eating and drinking behavior, energy utilization, right? There's all these crazy things that happen internally in your body just from exercise. And the more intense you can make that exercise relatively to the workout, right? This isn't smash your head against the wall at all times, is the more it helps develop that system, which is just, it's basically like your nervous system in your body. It, it, homeostasis just means it's nice and even keeled. You're not all, you know, one side. Like, no stresses. Yeah, no stresses. exactly. And so the fitness program, specifically with CrossFit's role is to nurture, develop, and build that system. And it's done through high-intensity training. Again, high-intensity always being relative to that training this when i saw this word i instantly sat up in my chair because the part that i really liked was because of that neuroendocrine response your body has the same or a similar response as if you were to use steroids or peds or something like that and i mean i've never done any of that stuff mm -hmm. so i love the i mean when i went from the old you know chest and buys back and tries and that sort of a setup more of a bodybuilding style um, yes, you get big. Yes, you get strong. Yes, there's, you know, hypertrophy and all that kind of stuff that's set up into that. But I love the fact that by adding stress to that workload, you now have a, an increased stress that's forcing your body to, to have an adaptation, a change and your body will go through growth, uh, will produce growth hormone and, um, you know, ramp your body up to, uh, to meet that adaptation faster when it's under duress mm -hmm. and i was like "Ooh, yeah. i like that yeah i'm gonna get bigger and stronger and be able to do more and have the body i'm like okay in fact it was that word that made me switch from like when i first started i was kind of dabbling in crossfit and i was doing the the old school global gym style and i would do the crossfit on top and mm -hmm. then it made me switch yep to where i did the crossfit first and then i kind of did the curls and the the flies just because I thought I needed that to look good. And then I'm like, you know what? I don't even need that stuff anymore because I'm getting what I need. Yeah. So that word was huge for me when I saw it. We're going to, down in the later part of this article, we're going to touch on exactly how that neuroendocrine response is basically manifested in hormone balance and to, yeah. to actually what you said. Um, this, this other line that hit is an effective approach. And the idea is that they're highlighting the difference between basically what we used to do in the, the old global gym days and what CrossFit's really purpose is. And I came to this line where compound or functional movements at high intensity or anaerobic cardio is radically, radically more effective at eliciting nearly any desired 
fitness result. So pick a result you want. I want more muscle. I want a faster 400 meter. I want a heavier back squat. I want to be able to run longer. I want to be able to play with my kids forever. Intensity is the most effective way to do that. And the red line is starting, startlingly, God, I can't, I did terrible. Startingly. Startingly. <laughs> like you're startled, startled. This is not a matter of opinion, but a solid, irrefutable scientific fact. And yet the marginally effective old ways persist and are nearly universal. Now, at the time in which this article was written, that was definitely more in play than I would say it is now, which just shows the great effect that CrossFit has had on the general fitness community. Yeah. How many CrossFit-like things out there? Well, we don't do CrossFit, but it's basically like CrossFit. Okay, you guys were, would never have done that if CrossFit wasn't as effective as it was. Yes. Or is. Now, the next part is, is it for me? Obviously, the answer is yes. I highlighted this phrase in blue. So some of the big words we have in here are important phrases I put in blue. Some of the things we want to touch on in yellow. Some of the ones that are usually like negative, I'll put in red and we'll discuss why. But degree by, differ by degree and not kind. And I love this as far as thinking about scaling in CrossFit. Yes. Every person that comes into your gym has a different level of fitness and a different goal. At the same time, the reason why they're there and should stay there should not change. Meaning whether you're in this instance, an Olympic quality athlete or a grandmother, your needs do not change in kind, but degree, meaning the training at which you are there to seek. So increased power, strength, cardiovascular and respiratory endurance, flexibility, stamina, coordination, agility, balance, and, co uh, and coordination. They put that in twice. Interesting. You know, it's really funny. I think that one, they missed one, too. Yeah. The, what's the one that we're I think, missing I, I think agil agility. Agility uh, is in there. Accuracy. accuracy yeah. Coordination yeah. and accuracy. And I, <laughs> I laughed because I always do that. Yeah. I, I'll be rambling it off. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, that was nine. Dip, dodge. Shit. Duck, dive, dodge. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> Are important to the world's best athletes and our grandparents. And that's by degree, not kind. So those you, you vary in degrees an athlete, having proficiency in the 10 general physical skills through this training methodology is just as important to each demographic. Yeah. Who wants to be an older individual and not be able to get up off the toilet on their own? Or mm -hmm. if they fall, not be able to get up off the ground on their own or to be able to put their groceries up overhead. So even as and for, you know, for a lot of people like that's I mean, that's way off into the future somewhere. So they don't even think about that. But think about the things that you like to do right now. If you are a better machine, if the knees bend, if you're able to squat, if you're able to pick things up off the ground, if you're able to put things up overhead, doing PVC pipe, light dumbbells, kettlebells, whichever. Oh, thanks, Kenneth. Thanks. <laughs> um, that's the same setup as the athletes and the firefighters and the army personnel and everyone else that need to be do able to do that at a much higher level. You're doing it so that you're able to be independent. You're able to be functional for the rest of your life. I mean, I, my goal is to be 100 years old. I don't care what happens after that, but I, I want to be a, a functional individual to 100 years in one day. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that I want to barely make it and I'm holding on to every single day trying to get there. I want to be able to be a functional person in that. And this, the only way you can do that is by utilizing your body in this manner. 
picking things up, putting things down, putting them up overhead. And that's exactly what an athlete's going to do because they need to have a high level machine. You always need to work your machine period. Yes. And if you, and I like what Todd just said here, and this is to the point there is it has a line here. Squatting is essential to maintaining functional independence and improving fitness. Functional independence is the big thing here. And that is really what we're talking about is an older demographic. The ability to take care of yourself by yourself. If you lost the ability to do an air squat, you've lost in, lost your functional independence. And you know what that means? It means you have to go into an old person's home or hospice. If you can't do one burpee, means you fell down and you cannot get yourself up on the ground, you have lost your functional independence. And this training program of CrossFit with functional movements, constantly varied, executed at high intensity, checks all those physical boxes that it doesn't matter what happens to you as an independent person. You should have the physical capability to get yourself off of the toilet or get yourself off of the ground. And in red here, it says squatting is just one example of a movement that is universally valuable and essential, yet rarely taught to any of the most advanced athletes. This is a tragedy. And as this was written in 2002, you look at a lot of old strengthening conditioning programs and even some to this day. Now, not everybody, it's gotten better, right? This is the cool part. We're looking back and we can see the positive change we've had over the last 20 years is rarely you would have your most elite athletes, say football players or basketball players, squat below parallel. There was a time and place that that was, that was deemed dangerous for oh, your knees totally. and back when it's exactly the opposite. I had a, uh, a member here at the gym that I actually met her uh, through personal training. She's a, a, a professional basketball player and 6'4", badass athlete. And when we started working together, um, the first day I was like, all right, you know, we'll do some, we'll do a, a squat set just to kind of see where we are and just kind of work from there. She could, I would say a quarter squat and that was her full squat. And I'm like, okay, I want you to go down as deep as you can. Um, and I think we just had, I don't know, like, I don't remember if it was just a bar or maybe it was like 75 pounds or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she went down as deep as she thought. And it was literally, I mean, not even remotely close to parallel. And so we started working on developing that uh depth in that range of motion and it completely changed her game completely changed the game and she was pissed because she's like i have been a basketball player high level athlete collegiate level professional level european leagues everything she's like why has no one told me this and i'm like because they didn't want to work you that because most sports get very sports specific and they're like all they want to think is foot speed, foot speed, foot speed, or whichever. And I go, my job is not to make you a better basketball player per se. My job is to make you a better machine overall. And if you have full range of motion with your large muscles and be able to prioritize the firing of those muscles so that you can generate the most power, you will be a better athlete. Then you can do all your footworking skills and all the other things on top of that. But she was had, had no – I could not figure out why – no one has ever told her that she was that wasn't going down low enough. It, it blew her away that I was making her go down that low. It was a trip. Wyatt, I'm only 27, and I was taught in high school to stop at parallel. We had a little beeper to put on your leg to know when you hit parallel. That's crazy. That's gross. That's cr- and that was 10 years ago. Wow. That's wild. That is wild. 
Because like uh, you know the picture that they always show of the little kid. Look at the guy doing the wall ball. Yeah. They always show a picture of a little kid mm -hmm. squatting, playing with their toys. I watch my kids do that every day, and I'm so, so if, jealous of them. If it's <laughs> if that's bad, why is that kid doing it? Mm -hmm. You do it because that's the way you're designed to do it. The reason we get out of that is because we find shortcuts in our movement, and yeah. that's why we lose the strength to do that, which is which is sad. So as we go down the uh, on this article, this is where we start talking about who this program was designed for to begin with, not what people think it is now. Who has benefited from CrossFit? Here's the big one. CrossFit has tested its methods on the sedentary, overweight, pathological, and elderly and found that these special populations met the same success as our stable of athletes or, say, elite athletes. And what it means when they say bracketing is that it covers the spectrum and everybody benefits the same depending on what their needs are from this training program. Oh, I went too far. Current regimen, any exercise is better than none. This is where I like that they highlighted here is they didn't shit all over. Down. Yeah, they didn't shit <laughs> right. all over other people's programs. They're just highlighting some of the ineffectiveness. However, they follow up and says, any exercise is better than none, and you've not wasted your time. In fact, the aerobic exercise that you've been doing in an essential foundation to fit is an essential foundation to fitness. And the isolation movements that has given you some degree of strength. And when we say isolated, like um, you know, lat pull downs, leg extensions, hamstring curls, you know, the hip twist machines, any any machine isolating a certain muscle group and movement pattern is still better than nothing. And CrossFit is making sure, even though this was written 20 years ago, that they are not shitting on <laughs> these other fitness routines or regimes and just saying, at least you're doing something. But this is a more effective way to do it. And I think what they, they did a good job of was, I don't like any company or business that sells their product only by downgrading or talking shit about another product. I was like, tell me what you do, not what you think they do is wrong. Right, right. And, you know, from the beginning, and I, I think it's, I think it, I can't remember if it's this part or uh, coming up. The the genesis of CrossFit is it hasn't, it hasn't designed anything new. It looks right. around and sees what is the best stuff that's out there and how can we bring that together so that you get your benefits quicker? That, I mean, and that's what it is. So the idea of at least you're doing something, cool. Because you're right, at least you are doing something. Um, the part that kills me is when people think that the quote unquote, at least you're doing something mm -hmm. is going to get you to a particular goal. I used to have firefighters that would do it all the time and they would get their quote unquote workout in for the day, sitting on a, rec a recumbent bike, reading a magazine, watching the TV. Like that is something compared to I'm doing nothing. Yes. But is that getting you what you need? Like for what you're trying to get, like the benefits if the if the goal and the the benefits that you are needing or requiring are elevated then you need to elevate your intensity based on the uh, mm. uh the regiment that you have that you have set up for that so so the the next line is you know crossfit presented itself is a it's just a strength and conditioning program but they use this word core a core strength and conditioning program and they use it in two facets, and they say it right here. CrossFit is a core strength and conditioning program in two distinct senses. 
One, the fitness we develop is foundation to all other athletic needs, meaning what you do in a CrossFit gym as far as the training goes can manifest itself in the sport at which you play or the um, the profession at which you do, whether it's first responder, military, things that require shit. You could be a, a beer truck driver or a UPS guy, and that's where this helps out there. The second one, and this goes along with a characteristic of a foundational or a foundational or functional movement is much of the work focuses around a major functional axis of the human body through flexion and extension. And the big thing here, like even rotation of the torso is that we get to that core to extremity movement pattern where it comes from the core itself and then goes to the extremity. When you throw a baseball, you don't throw the hand first and then whip your shoulder around to, (laughs) to do that. And that's the idea about the core, strength and conditioning program, at least that is what it's talking about. Yeah, I, I love that setup. And that's a, that comment is one that I use when I talk to a lot of different coaches, when I'm trying to, when I want to help their programs. Like m- my job is not to make them a better, this athlete, that athlete, this athlete, that athlete. My job is to make them a better machine. That's the core. When they, and I love when they, they said, like the core classes of a curriculum, the basic classes, you have to have a basic level of understanding before you can get into these specifics. It's the same idea here. You have to have a basic squat, a basic press, a basic lift, a basic pull, and have those done well uh, so that you can move into these other these other elements. So I, I, I love that setup. And then, I mean, for us, a selling point, if you're talking buzzwords, is always talking about core, always talking about the midline. Everybody wants their midline to look good and be good. And if you have a strong midline, when we're talking about the movements that we have, I think that's always that's always really uh, important. So I love I love that core used in two different ways um, for that strength and conditioning. This is the one I love. And I, I know when we talk about our gym members, we always call them athletes. And the yeah. previous question was this was, do I have to be an athlete to basically do CrossFit? The answer is no, but with the training that you do, right, you are training like an athlete by their definition is a person who is trained or skilled in strength, power, balance, and agility, flexibility, and endurance. So basically your 10 general physical skills, that's how CrossFit defines an athlete. And The beauty of that is athletes, and this has been a study shown over a multitude of years, have greater bone density, stronger immune systems, less coronary heart disease, reduced cancer risk, fewer strokes, and less depression than non-athletes. So just the fact that you are doing CrossFit, by our definition of an athlete, you have all of these benefits to this. And I don't know if I skipped over it, but, you know, we talk about, uh, I know I think we'll hit it here in a little bit, but training like this, we treat you as athletes. And that's, yeah. I think that's cool. That's exciting. And that's a, that's a big thing. And, and, you know, we see those old CrossFit shirts is like stronger people are harder to kill. And I love that. It, it, and really what you're developing is resiliency, mm-hmm. this sickness, wellness, fitness continuum, right? That little parabola of fitness, wellness, sickness. The more we go towards fitness, the more we've hedged ourselves against sickness. And that's the whole point of all of this. And it can last a lifetime. A lifetime, and that's what we saw when we posted that video of uh, that um, that high school back in 1962, and they they were saying it then, yeah, 60 years ago. Yeah. What if I don't want to be an athlete? I just want to be healthy. 
I'll get that from some of my older older clientele. <laughs> it's like, yeah. listen, I'm not saying you have to act like one, but we are going to treat you like one. And CrossFit's view is that fitness and health are the same thing. So say you just want to get healthy, you do it by being fit. The definition of health is really, you know, the work capacity across broad times and modal domains. That's how we define fitness. Do we define health by saying over the longevity of your life, right? Yeah, so we're just adding a different access. Exactly. Fitness over time. So I'm sorry you're still going to be an athlete and we will treat you like one. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the big thing. Health professionals maintain your health with drugs and surgery, each with potentially undesirable side effects. CrossFit or its training typically achieves a superior result. And instead of a side effect, we call it a side benefit. And that goes along with some of the things that you were saying is the the side benefits of doing this training for the longevity and, and years of your life. Yeah, it's uh, the, the fact that you can, you know, look better naked, getting stronger, um, having more flexibility. A lot of times, you know, especially with uh, older people, like they don't necessarily see the gains that they're getting lifestyle wise until they have to move they're helping somebody move or they need to move some furniture in the house. And they're like, holy shit, I couldn't have done that a year ago. And, you know, the athlete, I think the athlete thing is kind of a, it's just a fun name to give everybody. Yes, we can throw them truly into the definition of, um, I think it's, I think it's just kind of fun to let people think that some people, I think it, they, it, it puts too much pressure on them to call them an athlete. They're like, man, I barely even want to say what my score was on the board, let alone <laughs> calling me an athlete. Yeah, we've all we've done that before, but uh... but it's to let everybody know that, like, no matter what the workout is, you're gonna get your version of that. So at your level, at wherever it is, from you know the very bottom floor to you know games podium athlete, you're getting your stimulus based on your relative abilities, and you go from there. And that's what's so cool about it. Yeah, I'm totally with you. What is the CrossFit method? And I highlighted these five things because as we go through them, they should sound very familiar. And the first thing listed is diet. Diet just yeah. as mean as the way you eat. Don't think of it in terms of a weight loss program or something, you know, shakes only or cleanse. It's just diet is focusing on nutrition itself being the first thing listed. The next one is metabolic con conditioning. There's three metabolic pathways. You know, you have aerobic, anaerobic, phosphor creatine pathways. That goes from long to short. Next is gymnastics, moving your body in the range of motion in space, weightlifting and throwing. And then the last thing listed is sport. And that's really just the theoretical hierarchy of the development of an athlete that Crosin has. That pyramid you see get that posted. Pyramid. I think we did it the yeah. other day where I posted one in the order of which it should be. Nutrition as the base. And then as the, you get higher, the less importance that these become. Metabolic conditioning is two, gymnastics three, weightlifting, and then sport, where I turned it upside down on the next screen where people look at it like this the wrong way, where they have sport at the baseline. Right? Yep. And again, it's, it's really keep it simple. Keep it this simple. If you eat well, you do just metabolic conditioning only two to three times a week. The, the, the benefits you are going to see from that are going to be so jaw-dropping, let alone adding some gymnastics and weightlifting on top of that. That's just going to expedite the process in the best way possible. Um, I highlighted, oh, I went too fast here. Sorry. 
I highlighted these things here. It says examples of CrossFit exercises. And of all the ones they listed, I just wanted to reiterate <laughs> presses to handstand, pirouettes. I, I saw that too. <laughs> scales, to me, that's scaling walls. So I, I think of, you know, like uh, like wall walks as uh -huh. a type of scale. Maybe monkey bars or inverted bars is a scaling of pull-up bars or ropes. Parallel bars, free exercise mats, meaning something like freestanding handstand push-ups or horizontal bars. You know, these are all in there in play. <laughs> I started laughing out loud when I said that, too. I'm like, man, Boz went deep, went way back. Way, <laughs> way back. Let me see if I got this. There we go. Um, as we go down to that, and it says time for all of this, right? We just said an hour, three to five times a week. World class, they described age group strength and conditioning is obtainable through an hour a day, six days a week per training. And what that really follows is the dot-com three-on-one-off routine, which they still have there. Optimizing your fitness in a certain time frame past one hour, is, more is not better. Again, we're looking at general physical preparedness in your core strength and conditioning program for the masses, not your CrossFit Games athlete. Not I need to be able to race at full speed for four events, five events in one day. Right. Different. That's not a training program. That's nope. sport. There's a difference. Fringe massive athletes. Difference. Massive difference. Massive at. The fringe athletes. So say uh, they have here at the bottom your you know, sumo wrestler, your triathlete, marathoner, powerlifter, fringe athletes. Those that are on basically like the elite of the elite in which their individual sports are designed to be at a sacrifice of other things. So, you know, your powerlifter is not going to be a good distance runner. Your distance runner is not going to be able to lift up a bag of dog food. And I said this on the broadcast a few times, like we're greedy people and CrossFitters want to be the best at everything. Yeah. And the CrossFit athlete has trained or should train and practice for optimal physical competence in all 10 general physical skills, which is what we listed earlier. Meaning anything on this list between cardiovascular, respiratory endurance, stamina, flexibility, strength, power, speed, coordination, agility, balance, and accuracy. If you are competent, right? Not perfect, just competent in all 10 of these, you are a very physically capable human being of which no one has to really like make take account for you. You are reliable for yourself, which I think is a huge asset to just the general public in for a day to day. Oh, it's giant. I'm when we used to do our on ramp and we were, you know, we'd have when people didn't really know about CrossFit, we would describe that and we would put a a graph up with the 10 different things and we would talk about you, you know, you have your strength, you have your this, you have your highs and you have your lows. And you could have all of these highs in one low. And what ends up invariably happening is you are always afraid of that one thing because you know you're not good at it. It's kind of like when you have when you're a crossfitter or you're coming into the open and you're like, you think everything is great, except for you know, if they have double unders, I am screwed because that's the low on your chart. You're not afraid. Like I wouldn't be afraid of pull-ups and overhead squats. I could do those all day long. But if it's a particular movement or something that I am not good at, it's going to be like, please don't come up. Please don't come up. So you're always scared of the thing that you have your weakness in. Mm -hmm. That's why yeah, for us, you know, we're always talking about like, you know, um, you know, 
uh, mastering your weakness or, or improving your weakness or always hitting your weakness so that you don't have those, so that you have that general competency all the way across the board. You don't want any holes in your game. The next section talks about aerobic and anaerobic. And I think this is, there was a cool thing in here <clears throat> that I really didn't think about. And we talk about energy systems, Aer uh, aerobic, anaerobic, phosphocreatine. So you have your, your aerobic is energy derived aerobically when oxygen is utilized to basically metabolize subtrace. And what that means is, you know, like long distance things, anything 20 plus long, repetitive, steady state things. Anaerobic is where it's absence of oxygen. So like your blast furnace, it has an example, 100 meter sprint, 400 meter sprint, um, you know, your Fran type really intense workouts. And what I thought was cool was the relationship between the two, right? There's not like, okay, at two minutes, you now shift to this or in 60 seconds, you're only here or with one lift, you're here. Like it's this blend. It's not like shifting gears. But what I liked was how anaerobic training can support aerobic training. Yeah. But not the other way around. So when you, when you think about your workouts in high intensity is used a lot. And I think you can get that with workouts that range from eight to 12 minutes. Someone say maybe towards 15 is like, you're going to get a big anaerobic response there, but even less like interval training, such as that, but that type of training, that anaerobic training helps push your aerobic capacity. If you only trained aerobically, you're not going to get the same benefit on the anaerobic side, which is why we say is like live your life with, with in couplets and triplets, go heavy once a week and long every once in a while, right? That's, you know, one version of that. And this is where it really comes into play is because it doesn't go the other way. Have you ever seen it? Have you ever tested that? I've, I have lately. <laughs> That's true, huh? Uh, no, I really have because, cardio? you know, my thing this year was trying to get like 30 minutes of cardio a day. Now I've missed several days up to this point. I'm still doing my best, but, uh, what I've noticed is like, yeah, my, aerobic is fine, but I cannot survive anaerobically as much as I used to where I'm still not getting the same like aerobic benefits as I had back when I was hardcore training CrossFit. And I need to put more stock into my anaerobic training again, because I'm, I'm yeah. actually, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm getting better aerobically. But at the same time, it's weird. It's like, I'm losing a big piece of my anaerobic training. Yeah. And so I've, I've noticed that from my own personal experiment this year. Yeah, I've I had it where before I got into fire and firefighters when you come in they do a like a treadmill test. And oh, they like stress the speed. Test? Yeah, they increase the speed and increase the the incline of the of the treadmill. And before that, like I I don't like long runs and long endurance. I just get really bored with that stuff. So I would do, you know, beach runs and stair runs and sprints and hill sprints if I was doing any sort of running that way. Um and when I got to the treadmill test, I didn't, I had no idea. I'd never done one before. So they had me on it and I'm going, I'm going and things going up and I'm running, I'm going and all of a sudden they stop it and I go, okay, thank you very much. And I go, well, were we done? And they like, well, you ran the test out. I'm like, what do you mean I ran the test out? Like, well, that's as high and as fast as we have a chart for. So you were nice. still going, so you're good. I'm like, oh, all right, very cool. Well, then a couple of years later, um, a bunch of us at the station decided we were going to run the LA Marathon. 
Okay. So I did all this long training. I still was doing my regular CrossFit stuff, but I was doing all the long training mm -hmm. uh, for the long run. And we were doing another wellness check. It came up. And so we were going to do another stress test. And I was like, oh, dude, all I do right now is run. So I'm going to smash this. I'm going to crush it. And I get on there and I'm doing my run and they're going up and there's, you know, increasing the speed and going up and increasing the speed and going up, increasing the speed. And after a while, I end up hopping off and I go, oh, how'd I do? And they was like, well, that wasn't too bad. I'm like, what do you mean that wasn't too bad? Was, was there more to do? It's like, oh yeah, we had a, we had a ways to go, but you were you were right in the right in the area there. I'm like, oh shit, like I was shot, mm. shot. I had no power, I had no explosiveness, I had no strength, I had no like the the grit that you need when yeah. you have those like all out burners carries you. So like the way that Glassman used to you know, he would draw his chart on there, and he would have the high intensity curve mm -hmm. with your time frame, and he was like, you could pull it out. But it doesn't go the other. You can't go long, slow endurance and then expect to have any sort of blast furnace, high intensity capacity. Yes. It doesn't work that way, which was it blew my mind. And I was like, oh, all right. It's yep. right in there, right in the pages. They said it and now I felt it. And so I always I love that. I love being able to use that and explain that to people. Because yeah. what do you always get when you have people coming across it? Yeah. Well, do I need to go run after this? Or is that all we're doing? Do? Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I never put that together until we just started talking about that right now. Serious? Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, because I've, I I've worked out. Thing, I was like, <laughs> I'm never running a marathon again. <laughs> well, so like I well, here's the thing. Like when I was at my best, like best, I was doing half Ironmans and full CrossFit training, no sacrifice of my CrossFit training for my Ironman training. Yeah. Fittest I've ever been in my life. I've worked out more this past year, quote, than I have in the last two years. Yeah. I'm doing something almost every day as opposed to nothing at all. Yeah. But I have sacrificed a lot of my in-gym training just because life is getting in the way a little bit. But I'm like, okay, I'll still go for a 30-minute run. Or if I have to walk, I'll make it an hour or a row. Very slow, casual pace. Yeah. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm doing all this training. But I'm still losing some of what I would say is my um, top-end strength. And, and oh, a reason yeah. for that is, is just as um, we're saying here, it's scary to going above 80% effort. It doesn't feel good. You're right. Yeah, it, it hurts. It doesn't, but the benefits there far outweigh the, the negative. And, and the, the nice thing you don't have to do is long either. Like that's what always saved me. I would I will put myself in the fire for 10 minutes rather than going on some long, slow, whatever for 45. Mm -hmm. And so anaerobic activity also benefits cardiovascular function and decreased body fat. So you're going to have, you know, it's going to be better for your heart overall and aesthetically for your body. Obviously, the less body fat, the more energy you have. Anaerobic activity is unique in its capacity to, to dramatically improve power, speed, strength, and muscle mass, while not adversely, adversely affecting aerobic capacity, which I think, again, if you're trying to figure out what your balance needs to be, more short, intense workouts with that scary intensity, like you're saying, but mixing in some of those light, easier ones from time to time. Uh, looking at Olympic lift, mastery of these lifts develops the squat, deadlift, power clean, and split jerk while integrating them into a single movement of unequaled value in all of strength and conditioning. And if you think about that is, learning the clean, learning the snatch, learning the clean and jerk, the, the benefits of that 
are massive. Oh my God, massive. Totally. And it teaches athletes how to apply force from the muscles into proper sequence. We talk about, again, quarter extremity, center of the body to its extremities. You can, you know, that translates to the outside world. Any physical activity you do has to follow that movement pattern. The other thing that it trains is to condition your body to receive such forces from another body, both moving safely. So getting hit with something <laughs> or by <laughs> someone, right? Catching, you know, if my son is on the pull-up rig and I didn't see him get up there, he's like, okay, you'll jump down because dad's going to catch you. Or crazy things like that. Wiping out wakeboarding or inner tubing or jumping off a cliff into the water. Crazy things like this. That type of strength training, specifically with Olympic lifting, trains your body to be prepared for, I would say, impact activities. Yeah, totally. I, I, I just, I mean, that protection that you give yourself is is just massive, massive. Oh, by the way, shout out Keith. Love this guy. This guy whooped my ass in Colorado every workout we had at the. Um, that employee meeting I was at. I'm a former oh, collegiate yeah. cross country runner. This morning at 195, his race rate was uh, race weight was 145. Ran a 516 mile today. Okay, gross. 50 pounds heavier, and he hasn't run in months. So that's that's pretty cool. Pretty cool, Keith. Um, another thing here is sadly Olympic lifts are seldom seen in commercial fitness community because of their inherently complex and technical nature. People try to dis disguise their fear of teaching this or doing this by saying dangerous. Oh, yeah. Which is a cop oh. out. And what's her name? We're not even going to say it. Yes. Not even going to say it. You know who we're talking yes. about. She's just afraid. Listen, you're right. Bad, these you're are, a bad coach. These are complex in nature. And they can be scary because of the complexity. You're putting bars over your head and you're squatting in positions you've never done in your life. And you could be 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. But to not do it because of that fear and complexity, I think, is a huge disservice to your clientele. Now, does everybody need to snatch body weight? Absolutely not. But learning that with just a barbell or a dumbbell, like it says, has huge physical benefits outside the realm of just Olympic weightlifting. Yeah, the if the NFL is using the snatch to find maximum hip explosiveness and power, like they're using that movement to do that, then why wouldn't you use that for anyone at any age? It's not a matter of trying to put hundreds of kilos over your head. It's having core to extremity explosive power. Because the more power you're able to generate, the more intensity you're going to have, the more uh, functional you're going to be able to be, the more independent you're going to be able to be. So if we you know, boil all that down to elderly person, my mom, she should be able to jump, have some sort of explosive hip opening enough to where she can get an object to go up over her head. Light object, obviously, or to the shoulders if need be, if it's heavier. So to say that it's not needed or not important because you don't have the ability as a coach to teach it is wrong because you could say that someone's going to fall off a pull-up bar too. And that means pull-ups are dangerous too. So you shouldn't do those either. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, Matt, PVC pipe, just learning totally. how to move fast with no weight. It's fine. 
and that's the weightlifting department. Gymnastics. This is what I love to see and I think will help a lot of people, especially when you think the, the demographic of athletes that I say are, are afraid to get big and bulky, but they still want to be strong and capable. And unlike any other strength training modality, when we talk gymnastics specifically and calisthenics, which is moving your body in space with no external loads, allows for increases in strength only while increasing your strength to weight ratio. Meaning the beauty of gymnastics is that you can make yourself physically stronger and more competent and dominant by doing body weight movements, whether they're highly technical and difficult to do physically or push-ups, sit-ups, air squats, and pull-ups, is that it makes you physically stronger, but it doesn't increase, say, your size and mass as significantly as, say, heavy weights would. And so there's a huge benefit of making yourself stronger but not heavier when it just comes to just gymnastics themselves. Yeah, I mean, that's when you get into the a lot of the hypertrophy and the rep sets. You know, the the old kind of bodybuilding sort of setup can play into that. What I, what I love about the gymnastic movements, the unweighted movements, is you're still working full range of motion of that joint, of that muscle, of that contraction for all those reps, whatever. And usually what I've seen for a lot of the quote-unquote clients that don't want to get the size I don't want to touch those weights. I don't want to touch those weights. I don't want to touch those weights. And then all of a sudden they're able to do so many of these movements well that they're like, well, let me just try a little bit of weight. Let me just try a little bit of weight. So that confidence that they build kind of moves them into, okay, I can do that. They're not afraid of getting hurt. They're moving fine. They're moving well. Um, and they naturally want to be able to improve themselves out of that because everyone's every, once you get in here and you're, 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 once you're in, then you just want to see what you can do. Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, let me try this. Let me try this. And you start inching the weights on it. I love, um, especially when we have our, our, our female clients that are in there doing that. I don't even need to tell them to go heavier. Yeah. They're like, let me just try a little. Let me just try this. Let me just try that. Yeah. So that's awesome. The big additive here with gymnastics movements, <clears throat> improving your kinesthetic awareness. And what that really is, is your ability to move thought to movement, brain to body. How we sense our body and the way it moves, similarly, proprioception can be defined as our perception of where we are in space, including our ability to balance. So, for example, you know, moving your body in space, the basic levels of, say, push-ups, sit-ups, air squats, and pull-ups, right? Or the ability to be aware of your body in space when, say, doing a pirouette in a box and then walking over a handstand obstacle course or a press to handstand into a parallel bar handstand walk. That type of gymnastic dominance has so much more relative benefits, again, from a strength to weight ratio, but it contributes substantially to the CrossFit program's ability to inspire great athletic confidence and prowess. And go back to your basic ones. How important it is for your female athletes, at least mine in the gym, to get their first strict pull-up? Like that's a oh, huge, yeah. that's a huge deal. Or for anybody, right? Like say you don't have one guy or girl, doesn't matter. The confidence that gives you as a human being out there in the world to know that you are strong enough to pull yourself up to a position or a push-up or an air squat. The, uh, the best story I have in this situation is we had a, we had a, when we first opened the gym, we had this client 
who couldn't do an air squat physically. It was she didn't have the strength or someone that could barely do burpees. And I had a member behind me chirp, you know, some people just aren't meant for CrossFit. And I shut that down as fast as I could. I'm like, if there's anyone in this gym that needs CrossFit, it's that person. Because they were so physically weak that if they fell into a hole at chest level, they wouldn't be able to physically get themselves out of. They could have looked at the world around them and had their hands in front of their chest, and they were so physically incapable that they would just sit there and just watch the world pass them by as they died. Imagine that type of physical deficiency is you can't get out of a hole at chest level. There is no one that needs CrossFit more than that person who can't do an air squat or can't do a burpee physically or a ring row. We want to make sure is that we're using these gymnastics movements, as this says right here, is to inspire great athletic confidence and prowess, making sure you're not someone that the world has to like look out for or drag you along. Independent living, man. Independent existence right there. If you cannot get up off the ground or pull yourself up, you cannot live independently. You will now rely on the world to take care of you. Yes. I never want that. I, I And I don't want I don't want that for any of my members. I mean yeah. I don't want that at all. You know? Yep. Uh routines. You know, the big thing in the fitness in a hundred words is routine is the enemy. The idea is that your routine can be as basic as like three on one off or three on one off, two on one off, whatever. But the big phrase here is the breadth of adaptation will exactly match the breadth of the stimulus. Meaning if you never do pull-ups in your training program, you will never be good at pull-ups, right? You will adapt to the stimulus at which you were given, which is what we want to be is as broad and as inclusive as possible. Inclusive meaning as many different things as possible into your training program or your training regime, so to speak. But beyond that, you don't want to really like fall into this regimented. It's like, oh, well, it's body weight only, weightlifting only, running only, and then we cycle through that every three days and we mix and match some things. Experiment. I tell, uh, I tell a lot of our members for their scales, if they're scaling or modifying a particular movement because they don't have a pistol or they don't have a pull-up or they don't have whatever, not to do the exact same scale every single time because all they do is get really good at that one scale. It doesn't improve the movement. Yes. So, for us, every Thursday, we do a technique day. So we do technique and then a little workout on top of that. And yesterday, we did pistols. And I laid out probably 10 different versions, scales, modifications of pistols based on do you have a balance issue? Do you have a strength issue? Do you have a, an ankle flexibility issue? Do you not have the strength to get down? Uh, do you need to put the foot behind you on the box? Can you do it in the front? Can you sit on a band? Whatever. I go, we're going to practice and play with all of these so that when I say, all right, guys, we have pistols today. If you don't have them, pick one one time, pick another one another time, pick another one another time so that you have a breadth of that rather than just being really good at doing a single leg box pistol or box yes. squat pistol, whatever that is. You know what I mean? Um, but that's the routine. That is, it, you will not improve if you do that. You just get good at that one thing. I like that too. And I started doing that once you, you made mention of that because we had our, our our scales, but it's like now we mix them up even within the workout itself. Yeah, um, totally. Neuroendocrine adaptation. So this was at the forefront 
a big thing, this is one that comes up a lot, is the neuroendocrine adaptation through this training is a change in the body that affects either your neurology or hormonally. And this is where you talked about some of the natural things that happen to your body through high-intensity interval training. The big thing I wanted to hear, um, I want to touch on neurologically, not just with, say, kinesthetic awareness, but just really like from a mental health standpoint. Not only is it good for your muscles and bones, it can keep your brain healthy. Physical activity can improve your cognitive health. It's it just it's what it does. Like an hour of fitness does amazing things to help protect the brain. Not just like from, say, things like um, Alzheimer's and dementia, right? The brain is a muscle that can be trained. It can't reverse things like that, but it can hedge against them. <clears throat> and, you know, other things like helping you think, learn, problem solve, enjoy an emotional balance. Like there's a huge neurological and psychological benefit to any physical training. The problem is you don't get the same thing out of isolated movements. You get a little bit, right? You get some. That's where we talked in the beginning. It's better than nothing, but high intensity functional movements has a massive, massive impact on that neuroendocrine adaptation. And that's what we're saying. The big thing on the hormonal response it says athletic development are substantial increases in, say, testosterone, insulin-like growth factors, so that's IGF, and human growth hormone. This is what we mean this by naturally produced in your body, <laughs> not <laughs> added to. And some of the benefits to, say, like testosterone, like your body will naturally put that into your system through high intense training. And the more you do that and the more you sleep and the better you eat, that impacts that. It helps with bone density, fat distribution, muscle strength and mass, um, red blood cell production. IGF, we're talking about helps control growth hormone secretion. So that's your pituitary gland. A lot of this happens when you sleep, especially. Uh, it works with the gross hormones, promotes growth and development of bone and tissue. So this IGF benefit that comes from, say, high-intensity training helps your recovery process as one, which is why people take them illegally. And the other one is HGH. But HGH is naturally produced in your body. A lot of times it's during, say, rest and repair. So to help build and repair healthy tissue in the brain, other organs, in your muscle tissues. And these type of hormones that come out, right, it helps build Muscle mass, boost your metabolism, burn fat. Like HGH is what some people, I mean, take on their own is like a miracle drug. Like it's the yeah. fountain of youth, so to speak. I mean, we've all scanned the age group floor and was like, I've never looked like that in my life. How do you do that at <laughs> 55, right? And that's a, that's a real thing. But with this training program, CrossFit methodology, this High intense interval training, the constantly varied functional movements executed at high intensity helps boost that neuroendocrine response and helps these hormone responses in your body as well. It does it better than isolated machined work and much better than nothing. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's That's see. That's like one of my favorite part of the whole, of the whole article. That yeah. one got me all fired up. I know. Uh, CrossFit finds power. CrossFit power is the undisputed king of performance. Increasing your ability to produce power is necessary and nearly is necessary and nearly sufficient to elite athleticism. In fact, you can't have elite athleticism if you don't have the ability to produce power. 
Increases in strength, performance, muscle mass, and bone density all arise in proportion to the intensity of the exercise. An example I like to use is look at the difference between like a 100, 200 meter sprinter and a marathon runner, right? Like that body type, (laughs) they just have different responses to the stimulus. Sorry, I'm losing my seventh page here. Uh, Here it is. Uh, power cross training cross a program recognizes functional metabolic and mod- modal cross training, which means, again, we do everything underneath the sun. We steal other workout programs. We use Olympic lifting. We use gymnastics. We use monostructural movements, and we change the time frame, the mixed modalities, the weights, the intensity. All of that is part of the cross training. The workouts are engineered to expand the margins of our exposure as broad as function and capacity will allow. Cross-training is one of four CrossFit-defining themes. And that just is, again, just the, the variety of the tests and movements that we can put our, our athletes through. Oh, let's see. Uh, movements that mimic motor recruitment patterns are found in everyday life. That's the big thing. So functional movements. Like we said before, the leg extension and leg curl have no equivalent in nature and are... In turn, non-functional movements, the bulk of isolation movements are, so let's say, a bicep curl versus a pull-up, a leg extension versus a squat, a seated back-neck extender versus a deadlift. It doesn't have as much natural movement training as functional movements do. So multiple joint movements for every activity. The importance there is functional movements are mechanically sound and therefore safe. And second, they are movements that elicit a high, again, neuroendocrine endocrine response. CrossFit has managed the stable of elite athletes and dramatically enhanced their performance exclusively with functional movements. You have to remember that the, the single joint movements and lifts were designed from the bodybuilding days. And then when the machines came in, uh, that was so that you didn't have to know anything about working out. You could get in and sit in the machine and it would work only in one range of motion. So you couldn't, you couldn't mess anything up, but as an athlete or to be functional or to be independent again, and we're not talking athletic or anything, but if you're talking about being independent or being able to do things on this planet, your body works as a system. You never work one single piece at a time. So the more often you have uh, your whole body that can work as a full system, the better. So that's why you want to train. Uh, get down to, okay, we're into our last page here. Is if I can find it. Get better at these PDFs here in a little bit. Hmm. Six, seven, eight. There's one more. Where are you? <laughs> there you are. Uh, okay. It goes into the diet at the last part here. And the big thing here is this is where we lost their minds. If you go to just basic, what I should eat, eat meats, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, some starch, little fruit, no sugar, no added sugar, you psychopaths. And this (laughs) is, I can't have an apple. I can't eat an apple. And I put this note here. Don't be that asshole who says fruit is sugar (laughs) or that top (laughs) athletes eat gummy bears. This isn't for top athletes. There was no such thing as CrossFit Games athletes when this article was written. This was to change the way people functionally trained and improved their life. And by doing that simple regimen of meats, what meats, vegetables, 
nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no added sugar, like cookies and ice cream. It was the best way. Yeah, sweeteners in your coffee. It was the best way to functionally change the way people trained and the way they lived. That was the whole point. So get out of here with this stupid elite athlete sugar crap. And don't be that douchebag that says fruit is sugar. We know that. (laughs) It fits my macros. (laughs) Yeah, like I don't care if Matt Fraser ate Snicker bars and drank Coke. That is not the CrossFit training methodology, nor would I think he would prescribe that to his mom who joined his CrossFit gym. Right. Um, simple guidelines that will benefit from nearly all that can be achieved through nutrition. That's why it's the base of the model. Now, the big thing they used to call this back in the day is the paleo diet. Basically, anything you could find, forage, or kill is something that you could eat. And they're not wrong unless you have some type of autoimmune response to say wheat nuts or dairy but you know dairy really wasn't a thing and you know like we're the only mammal on the planet that drinks milk past infancy in fact we're the only mammal on the planet that drinks other mammals if it has teats could you milk me (laughs) the thing that this program does is it helps offset coronary heart disease diabetes cancer osteoporosis obesity and psychological dysfunction that have all been scientifically linked to a diet of too high and refined and processed carbohydrates, also known as gummy bears or donuts or cookies or ice cream. We want to get rid of those high glycemic carbohydrates. What you want to add is you want to add some of those low ones, like fruits and vegetables. Those are really good. I mean, like rice and potatoes, like you want to get into that because you're doing a lot of high volume training. Again, you're getting outside the skis of or getting off the rails of what the importance is. Um, the big things here at the end, talking about caloric restriction is increased life expectancy, incidence of cancer and heart disease sharply declined with a diet of carefully limited controlling intake. And a lot of those when we say is like weighing and measuring is like you want this to support exercise and not excess body weight. Keep it simple. And the foundation of this article is just to show you guys is eating meats, Fruits, vegetables, or some fruit, little starch, no sugar. Even if you do that 80%, you work out three to five times a week for an hour. You change the time domains at which you do. You make sure you have a good balance of gymnastics, conditioning, and weightlifting. You are going to change lives. You are going to save lives. And that's the whole freaking point. That's uh, That's a foundational ending right there, man. Yeah. Um. I know we're going to be closing up here in a bit. I think next time we do this, uh, I I think it would be fun to do. I mean, granted, we have to have more time to do it, but to do like a call-in show on this. We oh, can get yeah. like some discussion about it. So instead of maybe us going through it in the individual parts, have everybody do it and we can say, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's a bring your top three points mm-hmm. and we can discuss some points. Or maybe we do that on like, we, we'll put that on the post on the Instagram post and people can kind of put what the, their topics are that they want to talk about or some of the key things yeah. to talk about. But, um, dude, Hey guys, that article, that article is awesome. That was awesome. I, I loved y'all's interaction here. We'll again, we're going to try to do this on the weekly. We'll post a little highlight recap for our programmatron. So this PDF that we marked up with all these little things, we'll send you guys that follow us on Patreon. But again, the journal's free. It's free for everyone. We post a link at the top of this in our YouTube. 
And we just want to go through these things and just really get back to the roots of why we got things started. The OG mentality, the cult-like, go fuck yourself, we're going to go over here and get fit attitude. Like, that's what it is. We want to rebuild this from the ground up because we're all in this together. We love this for the exact reasons of which this article laid out. And we can't wait to touch base with more of these down the road. That's right. Number two coming up next, Number two. Gosh, what is it? A little preview. Uh, What is number two? Number two is, ooh, the garage gym. The garage gym. This is a great one to call back. So, yeah. all right, gang. This was the one that I knew other people on it that, that did the picture. Yeah, it yeah. Fun. Love it. Well, gang, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate you guys rolling with us. This is super fun. I had so much fun looking back on that. And really, I, I'm in just one article, I'm somewhat re-inspired and reinvigorated to just do my totally. own training. Oh, man. That, I th- that was good. That And I'm glad that it's first because it does it. Every time I hear it, it fires me up like the first time I read it. Yeah. So. Awesome. Awesome, team. Thanks so much for joining us. See you guys next time. Have a great weekend. Bye, guys.